is the Under Center Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Under Center Podcast. I'm your host, Daramar, and you are very welcome to our Tuesday evening live show. It's our week nine review show, and I am joined by the two handsomest looking men in the NFL podcasting world today, Jim Malloy and Jake Woolhead. Lads, how are we? Handsome as ever, as uh, is very apparent, but yeah, I'm doing well, especially after that comment. Yeah, Twitter must have gone down for that comment to be true. I, I don't see any way <laughs> that that can be legally binding somehow. Ah, well, look, this is the thing. If they want to come at me, they can. But let's, <laughs> we'll do, a, we'll do a, a, a handsome podcast man competition if we need to. And I think you guys are, I think you guys will win. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. We'll see. If I enter the, sh- if I enter the contest, it might be a different story. But I'm, uh, I'm just an impartial observer of that contest. I don't that think contest. the contest. Could handle such sex appeal there <laughs> the podcasting world barely can so i don't know <laughs> if the competition can i don't know how we contain you to be honest <laughs> uh, but it has been another crazy week in the nfl uh so many uh, surprising results last weekend um jake your giants having a fantastic win over the raiders might i say also I was the only one to pick them in our picks this weekend. <laughs> Shame on you, sir. Well, I can't say too much. They haven't really lived up to my expectations. And uh, I just can't, unless they can string maybe three wins in a row together, I don't think I can pick them. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. And Fionn, me and you both had buys this weekend, so we didn't have to go through the torture of a, a Washington or a Seahawks game. So it was kind of... You know, it was that one week a year where we sort of get to sit back, relax, and hey, you got to enjoy the, the Cowboys lose. Yes, I did. And that hasn't happened as much as I would have wished this season. But yes, I did get to see that. Not just lose. Hopefully it'll come up on the wheel of on the wheel of topics. But it was rightly embarrassing. And, and that's all we can ever hope for with the Cowboys. They give it to us every year eventually. We just have to be patient. So was, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how my Washington team does coming off the bye week been a bit of a mess so far this season so let's hope they use that week off and actually did something productive with it it was a yeah. giant's perfect weekend because the eagles lost the cowboys lost the bears lost and the giants won great weekend that is very true of course and if you're not aware the bears hold one of the giants first round picks in this upcoming draft so the worse they do the better draft pick the giants get oh baby <laughs> Jake is excited and also we're actually also on Odell watch now this evening because the waiver sort of period for him oh, since oh, his release Darren, the just as you're saying it he has yeah. cleared waivers he has cleared, he waivers. cleared waivers okay yeah. that's interesting that is interesting yeah Ian Rappaport I just see the tweet there has confirmed that he is clearing waivers so he is a free agent and anyone now can sort of Go and pick him up. There was a report there the last couple of hours that the Packers are his destination of choice if he was to clear waivers. Interesting if that is the case. Obviously, teams did not want to take that. I think it was $7.25 million cap hit for the rest of the year. Uh, So they're going to try and any interested teams are going to try and get him on maybe a reduced contract. Yeah, I mean, if I was the Giants, I would have just wavered for him anyway because they <laughs> pay that remaining thing. And then you can ultimately say you have won the trade because you get all the players and all the picks. Does, how how does waivers work? If the Giants had come in with enough cap space, 
can he can Odell to, he negotiate? Can he veto it? Yeah. Or if someone picks up that contract, he's yeah. he's got nothing he's he can do about it. But he can, like what he was saying, he just wouldn't play. I mean, he'll take. Mm -hmm. he's rich enough that he could take the fines or, or not being paid. So that's what he was saying. That's what his camp had to come out and said. He wasn't going to play for anyone that wasn't a contender. Yeah, well, that's it. And it, that is interesting because normally they wouldn't have the power, but they kind of do have the power in that sense where, like, I think was it Jaguars were the second in the waiver claim. I'm sure they would have loved to have Odell Beckham there for Trevor Lawrence, but Odell probably would have, you know, kiboshed that sort of move and said, I'm not moving to Jaguar. I'm playing on a, a, a two and 17, <laughs> two and 16 even, I should say. But look, that's okay. So Odell watch is over for the time being. It looks like maybe he possibly might go to the Packers. All reports are claiming that at the moment. We'll wait and see if anything breaks throughout the show. We will, of course, inform you. But before we actually get into the wheel of topics, because we actually didn't have it last week, so it's been a week break, uh, we should mention to you that this show is brought to you by McGowan's of Bisborough. Upstairs at McGowan's is the place to be on NFL Sundays. McGowan's has everything you'll need, multiple screens to watch the games and NFL Red Zone on their big projector as well as some tasty pints and some even tastier food because we were there this past weekend and we can atone for the tasty pints and tasty food lads yes yeah i had more than uh, my fair share of tasty pints and tasty food and you had to be rolled out there <laughs> <laughs> and also there is drink deals including if a player scores in one of the two main sky sports games on the sunday which you vote for to wear social channels during the week then for the rest of the quarter that they score in drinks are two for one what how good is that that is absolutely that's value at all that is, at value. All that is value so make sure you get down to mcgowan's it's this sunday to uh, catch all the nfl games once we know which games sky sports are going to be shown we will put the polls up on our social channels for which player do you think is going to score a touchdown if they do you get two for one drinks. Make sure also, if you do plan on going down, that you book your table as well. Um, I, it is important that you do that and obviously uh, go by um, the uh, COVID uh, guidelines that they are enforcing at their bar too. And also, we should thank McGowan's for sponsoring this show as well. But lads, let's get in to the wheel of topics this week and let's get straight in to the topics. Uh, we have some good ones here. Ooh, let's have a look, see what we're going to be talking Could be talking about this week. Like Fionn said, we could be talking about the uh, the Cowboys. We could be talking about the Cardinals. We could be talking about some Allen on Allen action. You know, let's let's find out what we're going to be talking about first on the show. Spin, Spin that, that wheel, wheel, baby. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it's typical ropey Raiders. <laughs> so. <laughs> I promise you we don't tamper with this wheel beforehand. It is just something that has popped up because, like we mentioned at the start of the show, just on uh, Sunday, the Giants beat the Raiders 23 points to 16. More a day for the Giants defense than the offense, who actually, to be fair, the Giants defense has played well the last couple of games. Um Xavier McKinney getting a, a pick six first one for his career. Two interceptions. Uh, two interceptions as well. And you know, Daniel Jones wasn't really a factor for the offense this year or this year. This this game, I should say. Still but more importantly, neither was Derek Carr because the, the like I said, the Giants defense really was the one that came out on top and uh, helped the Giants get a much 
needed win. Yeah, I'm, uh, well, as you can see, I'm so happy that they actually won a game, especially a game that came out to the literal last couple of minutes there. Uh, yeah, as you said, Darren, the defense played lights out, basically. Um, but there was a lot of it that I didn't like. They were allowing big, long catches and stuff that you wouldn't like to see. But for the most part, they shut down Waller, which is probably their biggest target now. So nice to shut him down. Um, what can you say about Daniel Jones? Didn't have the spectacular game, but he completed a high percentage of his passes. It kind of looked like the game plan was to get the ball out of his hands quick. Not a lot of deep shots, even though, you know, the, the Raiders were like... Uh, liable to giving up a few deep shots but again get the ball out i don't know if you've seen any of the videos of the, of the giants tackles basically falling over and pushing defenders right into daniel jones so i can see why they ended up um trying to avoid daniel jones taking them deep dropbacks but yeah happy to see you come out a win it came down to the last uh drive by the raiders there which um I was fully expecting to just go in for a touchdown. They'd go for two and they'd win the game because that's just what Giants games usually end up like for me. Um, but yeah, good, good all round. Can't can't argue with the the McKinney performance and uh, Roche, the the waiver wire pickup we had a couple of weeks ago. He seems to be he's the one who forced that strip stack on the last uh, the last go. So I'm happy all round. I love that weekend. It was the best uh, possible outcome for me for a weekend of football. Yeah, it's a classic Raiders result, isn't it, really? Like, they're just, for me, I just can't trust Derek Carr as hot as they ever are. I never trust them to win games, especially ones that you would expect them to. It seems to be the odd uh, turn of the tide game where they're maybe a little bit underdogs, they can perform well. And when you're expecting them to put teams away and really make a charge down the last half of the season, they they struggle to do it. This is... Coming into the second half of the season for a lot of these teams, it's when you really want to start getting hot. November coming into December. So it's really disappointing, I think, if you're a Raiders fan to let that slip because even Jake will admit that the Giants aren't aren't a good team. Saquon being out certainly doesn't help that. But going forward, if you want to be a contender, these are the type of games. And I put Washington in that as well. Every team Washington plays from now to the end of the season should be going all out to win because that's not a game you can afford to drop. And again, it is one that the Raiders have consistently struggled with doing over the last couple of seasons. I agree with Jake. I think I think the Giants, we were keeping an eye on it while we were down in McGowan's this weekend. We were keeping an eye on it. And I agree with him. If Daniel Jones can stay out of his own way to some extent, the Giants will be fine. Uh, Evan Ingram got a, a passing touchdown, so if he could stop <laughs> dropping the ball as well, that would be also fantastic for the Giants' offense. It's, it's really awkward, Jake. What do you think? Like, Daniel Jones as much as he put himself in bad situations, also seems really unlucky. The ball just seems to turn over whenever he's involved. We saw one strip sack go on where it wasn't really anything of his fault, but those type of plays where you really hope the ball stays in his hands and never gets out in the first place. I don't think there's any he can teach. You're not saying throw the ball out quicker when you don't have an option or or be more careful with your throws across the middle of the pitch or anything like that. It's just those weird breaks that other quarterbacks seem to be able to keep that ball in play, in Giants possession. And when it's Daniel Jones, it just seems to leak for whatever reason. 
Yeah, that's the thing. You'll see other quarterbacks. I think we've seen Dak Prescott nearly had somebody put an arm around it and he managed to keep the ball. For whatever reason, Daniel Jones just can't do that. I don't know what the issue is. He came out of college with this issue, yet he still has it. I mean, I know it was a big uh, focus in his offseason, and it did show he has a lot less turnovers than he did at this point last season. It's still not encouraging to see that. It's still kind of happening. Now, I will give him a, a little bit of a break. We have possibly the two worst tackles in the league. <laughs> at the minute and if you see any of the uh, any of the clips of the Giants tackles they're not good at all we're missing our fourth overall pick from from um, last season Andrew Thomas and uh, it's really apparent because we can't block on the sides anymore and uh, we know Max Crosby can come in and Yannick Ngakwe as well so it's hard to see well we knew something was going to happen because there it's a strong edge rush but uh, a strong edge, edge rush against weak tackles doesn't really uh add up for me for Daniel Jones especially yeah well I think what they did well in the game uh, the Giants like you're saying those edge rushers of Crosby and Ngakwe were um, obviously the, the star men for the Raiders and what they did was they focused a lot on the run um, and, and uh, they I think I thought they ran the ball quite well actually um, from the game you know because Devontae Booker going for 99 yards for 21 rushes um, didn't get his touchdown which probably would have deserved for his day but that's what they did and they kept the clock running which was important and you know um, they they sort of just stopped the Raiders progressing now it, like I mentioned um, at the start of this with their with the defense the defense did save the day and you know it did come down to a few missed kicks as well and Daniel Carson missed a few for for the Raiders too but I think we're starting to see a Giants defense that we kind of saw towards the end of last season um under coach Graham and uh it, it's it's good to see you know Leonard Williams is, is starting to really um cause havoc there on the line he had a bit of a slow start to the year actually it's pretty funny because didn't I say to you there Jake the the snap before the strip sack to end the game um, I think Williams got pressure on Carr. And I, then I said to him, right, next one is going to be a strip sack and that's going to end the game. It was a strip sack. Unfortunately, it wasn't Leonard Williams or else you could have, I, I could have, you he know. Recovered, though. You recovered You recovered it. So you called it. And so from now and until yeah. the end of time, we're drinking in McGowns every Sunday that the Giants are playing. And you're going <laughs> to call that at the end of every single game for me. I mean, no, it's don't. simple. Yeah, you don't need me to rightly call a strip sack for you to want to go and drink McGowns every Sunday. Well, it helps if it gets you down there. I don't mind that. But no, it was a good... And look, it's... It, like you mentioned as well, it's important because with the Cowboys losing, with the with Washington on a bye and the Eagles losing as well, that division is totally not out of question. And with... And, oh, well, maybe not the division... Maybe the division might be a bit out of reach, but the playoffs certainly aren't because the rest of the NFC teams are struggling this year and that sixth and seventh wildcard spot is definitely up for grabs this year. It, all you need to do is get a couple of wins together. The Giants now go into their bye on a high and now they can go and attack the rest of the season and, and hopefully claim that last playoff spot. Uh, anything else to add, lads, before we move on? Yeah, I know. I agree that you, like, I, I'd like to see them get at least to the playoffs. I know a lot of people say you want the higher draft pick, but we've had high draft picks for the last 10 years. And we haven't gotten anything with it. So let's get to the playoff at least and have a bit of a, a bit of crack. Maybe we'll have that any t any given Sunday type day. And you never know. I mean, not expecting much, but I'll be hopeful. Does getting to the playoffs get Daniel Jones's contract? No. 
no, no, no. I don't no. think, I think they just give him the fifth year option or whatever and then see what he's like next year because it's hard to judge him. Bad tackles, bad receivers that are injured, bad running back that is injured. Hard to judge him, but yeah, I, I wouldn't give him a big, huge contract, that's for sure. I think if nothing else, bad recruiting class is what's saving Daniel yeah. Jones at the moment. If you can keep him cheap for one more year, uh, I don't think anyone's jump, chomping at the bit to sign any of these quarterbacks coming out of college at the moment. Well, as that's it. He, he does have that on his side, that the, this draft class is nowhere near as good as last year's. As long as it is, uh, hasn't extended Dave Gettleman's time with the Giants, I will be absolutely happy with that. <laughs> uh, Dave's going to be there for life. <laughs> Owen Farrell just left us a, a comment there will Kyle Shanahan make it to the end of the season I do believe so um, he will make it I think but I did see an interesting stat that he has uh, less wins than Matt Nagy if I'm not wrong yeah. so yeah and they're going 0-4 at home this year as well they are possibly on the uh, wheel of topics we could, we could be talking about them I have my own thoughts on the Kyle Shanahan situation. And if we land on the wheel, I will, of course, share those uh, thoughts with you, Owen, and any of any uh, 49ers fans watching. But let's get back to the wheel and let's pick our next topic. Hey, it could be actually the Cardinals in the 49ers game. Let's find out. Spin the wheel. Spinning that wheel. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I swear we don't tamper with the wheel beforehand because with this Allen on Allen action, of course, it brings into the fact that, of course, we've got a, a, a new member to the team this week. Obviously, Andy had joined. He's, he's helping out in the background with social media. He's watching tonight. Andy, I hope your, your Monday's going a lot better. Or your Tuesday, I should say, is going a lot better than your Sunday went because the Jacksonville Jaguars beat... The Buffalo Bills by nine points to six in an absolutely terrible game of football. I'm not even going to try and sugarcoat it. It was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the saving grace of this game was, you know, Josh Allen going up against Josh Allen. Uh, And then obviously (laughs) the Jaguars, Josh Allen won the day with eight tackles, one sack, one fumble, one interception. Um, you know, I just I, I I want you to answer me this question, guys. How did this Jaguars team go from losing thirty-one-seven to a Geno Smith-led Seahawks to winning against a Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills by nine points to six? Like, how does this happen? Oh, I don't know. It was just uh, that was pure pitiful on everybody's behalf. I'm, I'm sorry for anyone had to actually go witness that match, unless you were Josh Allen linebacker fan and uh, hate hating Josh Allen the quarterback. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That game was just pitiful from all aspects. Happy for the Jags though to get a win against a team that uh, many consider to be Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I think if you're a Bills fan, you're hoping that is the blip, the biggest blip possibly going and that it's a completely one-off and you get back on track now the next couple of weeks it it was a really poor game of football we were watching the red zone and I don't think it even came up on the red zone for an entire half of football we had to get explained the uh the guy who runs red zone was explaining that no that game is actually being played at the moment there's just nothing particularly is happening I don't know we'd like to talk to Andy maybe over the week but 
for me, it really strikes me how as effective and powerful that Buffalo Bills attack is, the running game just consistently never shows up. And I don't know, but I feel like against teams like the Jaguars, if it all goes to hell in the handbasket, just run over them. Just bring it back and put your big man on their big man and just run it right down their gut until they give up. And if that's not working for you, it can be really hard to put some of these smaller teams away. Uh, but hopefully the Bills can settle it down. Maybe, I don't even know if you want to go back to that tape. I don't know if once a season you get to just throw a tape away and say, we're not looking at that again. If that's the case in that in that building, let's go do that. It's been working fine before. Let's just get back to what we were doing. Ignore the Jaguars. They're not going to be contenders to anything and hopefully get get this boat back on, on track. There's I mean, only- you're right, though. Every every team, especially good teams, are allowed to have one game or two games per year that are absolutely woeful. And this was one of them. If they have another game like that, maybe you start getting a little bit worried. But one game where you manage to score six points, they manage to score nine points probably isn't the making of your yeah, season. I don't- I don't think any other head coaches are going to look at that game and say, we need to do what the Jaguars do to slow down this Bills team. I think they're going to stay as far away from that tape as possible. And if I was the Bills, I'd do the same thing. Well, I believe there's only one... um, There's only one uh, reason why the Bills lost this game. And it's not talked about enough. It's because Josh Allen appeared on the Manning cast the Monday beforehand. Oh, yeah. That's a this good curse. Actually, to be fair. The curse of the Manning cast is real because now players who have gone on the Manning cast are now 0-6 for their next game. So the message to any other players thinking of going on. I know Russell Wilson's been on it, but any Seahawks fans or players, you are barred from the Manning cast. Uh, Washington and Giants plays. You are also banned from the Manning cast. I, don't, I think they could go player. on. Like that's not going to contribute yeah. to any loss for the Giants or Washington. That's coming anyway. So you could go ahead, go ahead, yeah, get Washington. your twenty minutes of fame. Stick Fitzpatrick <laughs> on there. I want to. I haven't seen him since week one. It's atrocious. Did At least we got the, him on a tiny, tiny contract. But. Did you watch the Giants uh, Chiefs Manning cast? Eli Manning was just so unwilling to say anything bad about the Giants. It was just. He, he had to grit his teeth and hold it all back because he knew how bad it was. It wasn't that bad against the Chiefs, though. No, but when silly plays happened and stuff like that, and then yeah, obviously yeah. Peyton and uh, the guests were asking Eli what he thought about this, he had to have the political answer ready to go. Lads, sound, I just sounding as if, sorry, Fionn, uh, it's sounding as if uh, Eli never had any silly plays towards the end of his Giants career. I don't know if you ever realize it. Eli never did anything bad in his entire career. Um, <laughs> he, he had this, uh, he had a Reddit asked me anything a few years back, and somebody said, How do you get over thrown an interception? And Eli wrote back, said, I don't think I've ever thrown an interception. <laughs> so, you know, he has a memory of a goldfish, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, Fionn, what were you going to say there? Uh, I was just checking the schedule. I wanted to know if the Bills had a, a bye week or anything coming up. I couldn't remember if they've already had theirs well, or not. They have. Turns- they have the Jets next. Exactly. So if any team is going to trip them up again, if any team's going to copy the playbook of the Jaguars, it's going to be the Jets. So it's not going to work for them. <laughs> Bills fans, Bills fans, you gotta watch out. You gotta watch out. Rub your lucky stones, light a oh, candle, do whatever you gotta do. But <laughs> that's hold a divisional on. game, so yeah. Anything yeah, can rude. happen in divisional games. You know yeah. that, Jake. Yeah, I don't. I think they're going to be all right. Uh, I say that. <laughs> I say that, and like the Jets have just have made it their mission this year to upset anything I've said uh, and prove me wrong or like ruin my bets all season. So they may do it again. 
Um, early indication, I will not be betting on the Jets and the Bills game this weekend. If the Jets beat the Bills, the Bills need to put Allen out as a restricted free agent so he can sign with Washington. And then that's the only, <laughs> it's the only way they can recover from that devastating double loss. But if the Jets beat the Bills, the Patriots could go atop of the AFC East. Like we've all thought that the Bills have had that'd be the most Patriots thing ever. It's we've all thought that that division's been unlocked for the Bills all season, but they're only one. I think they're only actually half a game back on the Bills, and they still have to play each other twice. They actually play each other uh, twice within the space of three weeks. I think at the end of November, so or the end of November, start of December. So, you know, it's it, it it's starting to become a, a tasty division. I don't know. I think that's a bit like a, a false narrative that's built up. I think we all know the, the Bills are just going to win it anyway at the end. Mm-hmm. The Pats might be in the running for it, but uh, I just don't see them getting to the finish line for it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But uh, we'll we'll move on then if uh, no one else has anything to add about uh, the Bills or the Allen on Allen action. Maybe a little bit about Urban Meyer, if you want. You, you, you're quite high on Urban Meyer. Yeah, I just can't believe they got that win. That that might get him all the way to the end of the season. And I just, <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe if you wrote out that list and sent it to any GM or owner of all the things he's done since he's got there and said, you're going to keep that man for a year. They'd be like, what, did he, did he go undefeated to the Super Bowl? No, 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 no. He's got two wins and you're going to keep him to the end of the season. I don't think they believe it. I just can't understand how he's still around. Oh, good. I know. Uh, but hey, look, you know that was their first win on US soil in over like 400 days or something. Like <laughs> I, I think as well I've seen a stat that they, that was the first field goal they made this season on US soil because they made one in London as well. Yeah, that, weird, like. yeah, they made two in London. They haven't made one on US soil yet this year. <laughs> they missed another few as well. Um, so it wasn't all rosy in the garden, but the hell they got the win. They got the they got the win. They're they're going to be two two and six uh, this year, you know. So it'll probably finish two and fifteen. We'll we'll see. We don't know. Um, but hey, look, they got their win. Happy days for Urban. He gets his win at home. Uh, Trevor Lawrence gets his win at home. He wasn't much of a factor in this game, but he kept the ball. He kept things ticking over and like in a game that you know won't be uh won't be long in a lot of players uh or fans memories but we'll move on to our next topic our third topic if we have enough time we might do a fourth topic let's see which one we're going to be getting now on this one uh so spin that wheel another time Da-da-dun. You know what's going to happen at the minute we finish this podcast, the OBJ news is going to come out. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, that Jake, that's your job for the rest of the show. Keep us updated on who he signs with, if he signs with. But for the time being, we're going to be talking about our mid-season MVPs. So, guys, what I want from you is your mid-season MVP, your mid-season coach of the year, and your mid-season biggest disappointment. So, Fionn, I'm gonna go. We're gonna go MVP first, and I'm going. I'm yep. gonna go with you first on this one. Okay, I'm gonna give my MVP midseason MVP to Derek Henry. Uh, two reasons. One, unfortunately, he's injured and looks like being out pretty much for the rest of the year. Maybe if they make the playoffs and go on a long run, he might make the last couple of games. So, I wanted to give him a bit of credit for the season that he did have, and probably the length of his whole season. 
again, he was unstoppable. We saw last year a little bit of a trouble in the playoffs, but as far as regular season go, he's streets ahead of every other running back. And there's a lot of good, talented running backs in the league at the moment. So for me, it's Derrick Henry MVP so far this season. Yeah, you can't argue MVP, especially for his own team. He's just been that key piece for them. My MVP, whoever, is going to be Kyler Murray. I think he's just played lights out. He is also injured, funny enough. But I'm going with the general NFL MVP award goes to a quarterback. And I think just any player that has been as important to a team, it has to be Kyler Murray. He's played lights out. I don't know what changed for him, but he's absolutely playing lights out. And without him, that team, well, we still actually, they see him with the, the one with Colt McCoy, but... Uh, they definitely need Kyler Murray, and I think he's he's the guy that they need. Yeah, fair call so far. On my MVP so far this year is actually also going to be a quarterback, and it is uh, I'm actually going Tom Brady. I go Tom Brady. I think we're obviously he's the the goats and everything like that, but his stats this year have been fantastic. He's first in the NFL for touchdowns thrown with 25. He's second in yards game and that's uh, over 2,500 yards only behind Matthew Stafford and Stafford has played a game more than him uh, I believe I think the Rams haven't had their boy yet have they I don't nope. think so no so yeah yeah so he's played a game more than Brady he's a uh, second in QBR you know I don't see like uh, I, I don't think it's being talked about enough of how good of a season he's having because it's obviously expected or there's excuse oh he has the players he has this he has the line he has he still has to make those throws and he and making those decisions. And I just think that, he, like, I would not be surprised for him to win an MVP this year because I just think he's been fantastic. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. He has actually played out. That team has been playing incredible as well. So, yeah, can't blame him. He has a fantastic offensive line and some quality weapons to go around. So, even Leonard Fournette is playing out of his mind on that team. I don't know what the coaching is like. Bruce Arians seems yeah. to be doing something right. Yeah, the last uh, couple of weeks, anyway, for sure, he's been. Uh, given Leonard Fournette the more reps uh, at the starting running back position because I think he was sort of sharing a little bit with Ronald Jones at the start, but Ronald Jones is definitely falling out of favour and it's been uh-huh. mostly just, um, well, he's normally called playoff Lenny. He's mid-season Lenny now for, for the Buccaneers. But let's move on to our coach of the season so far. And Jake, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, oh, that's a tough question. I'll go with Bruce Arians. I think he's coached that team quite well. I, I like how aggressive he is in, in, in some aspects. I, he'll be at third and two and he'll throw the fucking 30 yard bomb. Um, I like how aggressive he is. I like how much he listens to Tom Brady as well. He's always, it looks like they're always having a little back and forth whether or not what's the best decision. So he seems to be coaching out of his mind. Fionn? Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, Jake Stone, my my coach MVP. Uh, I'm going to move over then, and I'm going to take Cliff Kingsbury. There's usually two schools of thought for this coaching MVP. Either you get a juggernaut and you make them even better, like Bruce Arians has done, keeping that ball rolling there at the Buccaneers and being extra competitive again this season. Another one is when a team that maybe not everyone's expecting preseason shows up and shows out, and that usually gets attributed, like you mentioned, to quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, and then the head coach like Cliff Kingsbury. So there was some questions around him. He was bringing what many people consider quite a college offense to the NFL. That doesn't always work. Took him a season to get settled in. I definitely think Kyler Murray's growing pains contributed somewhat to that. So him being settled down and the weapons that he's managed to lure there to the Arizona uh, Cardinals team and roster 
is helping them a lot. So I'm going to give my pre mid season coaching MVP to Cliff Kingsbury. Right, right. That's a, it is a great show. Um, and he was actually going to be my show. So Jake stole yours and you're <laughs> at the steal of mine. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to give a special shout out then for uh coach of the season so far to uh, Michael Fleur. Uh, he has continued his great work in Green Bay. He was, was he 26 and four heading into this year? He's uh, seven and two uh, in now this in, um, into this one. Obviously, a tough loss last weekend against Kansas City. Um, he was in the running for me, but I think if he had won that game with Jordan Love at the weekend, he would have been my coach of the year to prove that he has a system in place that even Jordan Love can success uh, have success mm. in, and it's not just uh, dependent on Aaron Rodgers. It, that may become uh, that may actually become true the more games that Jordan Love has. If he does have more games uh, at Green Bay as QB1, we'll, we'll obviously see if that happens next season, or maybe even this weekend with the Aaron Rodgers interview on Pat McAfee today, casting a little bit of doubt as if he will be available for the, the game against the Seahawks on Sunday. But he'll be my... Uh, coach of the year so far um, if it, I didn't get to talk about Cliff Kingsbury because uh, Fionn already got that covered for me there so thank you Fionn for that <laughs> <laughs> putting you on the spot I like it let's test your NFL knowledge on head coaches the beauty of live podcasting isn't it that's you always have to have a backup plan uh, so the biggest then disappointment so far this year and I'll go first on this one um, so none of you guys can steal it. I know who it's going to be. <laughs> do you? I, I feel like I know who it's going to be. I don't Go think you it. do. I don't Go think you do. It. Hit me. I'm going with the Washington football team. Of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the Washington. More, more uh, accurately, I'm going with the Washington defense because they have been the biggest disappointment for me this year. They are conceding on average 28 points a game, allowing over 400 yards a game um, at the moment. Of course, they are two and six. This defense that the uh, um, Ron Rivera was building in Washington, as we saw towards the end of last season, heading into this year, we thought this was the defense. This was the most feared defensive line in the league and they uh, are troubling are finding it difficult. I should say to even get sacks in a game that the backfield is struggling, allowing a lot of yards to receivers and um, the likes of uh, Fuller and uh, William Jackson, who came in as a free agent has not played well at all, unfortunately for, uh, for Washington. So they are my biggest disappointment so far this year. Yeah, I agree with you, Devan. I think saying the team as a whole was a bit rough. You have to remember, no, we, we assume Heineke yeah. is the quarterback. You have to remember, we're yeah. playing with the backup since week one. So, And we haven't been that uncompetitive offensively, given how bad we were points scoring-wise last season. But 100%, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like you said, it's not like they've even been ravaged with injuries. That, that all-first-rounder defensive line has been intact for the entire season so far, give or take maybe a series here or there with the odd little bumper bruise. And unfortunately, Montez Sweat has now gone out with a broken jaw. He might miss a few games. Jesus. We can't even we can't even excuse that. So yeah, it's been really rough. It's not been pleasant to watch, I have to say, because uh like we mentioned, the offense isn't exactly explosive on the other side. So you need to be tight defensively if you're gonna play like that. 
and it's been little things we've talked about multiple times. I'm not going to hang around too long on this, but little things like communication. A professional football defense should not have issues with communication. And if there is, that's on the coaches' staff to simplify things down and get them in position. So we'll move on now. I think maybe will I give my uh, disappointment of the year? I'm going to go with a man that has been disappointing from the get-go. Not necessarily to me, but maybe if you're a fan of this time, I'm going to go for Urban Myers. A lot of big hype when he came in. He got the big hype quarterback as well. The team has not looked good. The quarterback has not looked good. I think that's been the most disappointing thing. Looking at other rookies that have started, Mac Jones hasn't necessarily set the world alight, but the buzz around him has been pretty much positive. Uh, Justin Fields as well, as much as I've criticized maybe the overhype from Bears fans and NFL fans in general, he's had a few flashes, a few highlight reels, that excellent touchdown. People are saying the play of the season. I don't know. I think I blame maybe bad tackling necessarily than his wizardry but still those kind of things popping up on my news feed with with good good, solid quarterback play i have not once seen trevor lawrence all season do anything i think that's as much on the coaching staff as anyone else of putting in him in in a position to fail so for me the biggest disappointment of i wasn't expecting much out of urban meyer and he still hasn't managed to deliver even on that if I was to check Paddy Power for who I thought Fiona was going to pick as the most disappointed person in the league, it definitely would have been the favourite for Urban Meyer. Fiona, you don't like Urban Meyer, so I understand I it. Like and he's not Urban been good, Meyer. so I don't, I don't disagree with you. He has been pure awful. The team doesn't look great. He's supposed to come in and fix the team. That's what his job was, and he done the complete opposite. The team yeah. is a wreck. It doesn't yeah. look good. The defense looked okay on Sunday, but we're going to just put that down to a, a bad apparition from the Bills. But uh, certainly Urban Meyer doesn't look like... To be honest, I, I did worry a little bit there when he was saying the biggest disappointment this man so far. I thought he was going to try to get me back and say it was Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the cliff is there. I don't need to say it's a disappointment. It's just his age. He's got nothing to do with that. There's physical limitations for everybody. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For my uh, the disappointment of the year, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. No, I'm not going to go with Russell Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, our friend Paddy Mahomes, um, we can all say why. It doesn't really need that much um, explaining. He just hasn't looked good. He seems to be doing a lot of the things that we talked about last time, was a lot of dancing in the pocket, running backwards for, for 10 yards. Now, I'll give him that. He's got a bad offensive line at the minute. The, basically a different offensive line from what started for him last year. But he signed a half a billion 10-year contract. It shouldn't matter if his, bo- his uh, offensive line is bottom of the league or, or close to it. He should still be bringing that team out of the depths of hell and, and raising them up. Uh, he just hasn't been doing that. He hasn't been lining up like we all expect him. Now, he, he, did, he was due regression. I mean, he had to have some regression. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. Nobody expected him to be, I think he's third in the league for interceptions thrown this year so far. So that, nobody expected that. He couldn't have certainly put, couldn't have, couldn't have guessed it. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree. I, I see some similarities maybe between uh, Dara's pick in the Washington football team and your pick in the in Patrick Mahomes, just in the sense that the, the preseason hype, okay, it was built for Washington and it's probably deserved for Patrick Mahomes. But anytime you get these huge expectations, the fall looks even worse. So, like you said, Patrick Mahomes is leading is in the top five in the league with interceptions. If you look back at the tape, a lot of those is his receivers 
flinging them into the hands of of defenders. There's not a whole lot you can do oh, about no. that. But you can't like, defend Patrick Mahomes' receivers throwing them in the air, and yet you were willing to throw Daniel Jones under the bus last season for six of them caused by one single player. <laughs> that's that's what I said. You know what I mean? These things are unfortunate, but as part of the as part of the quarterback, that's some of the burden that you take on as these stats get attributed to you. So. Yeah, I, I I feel for him. I agree with you. He was due a regression. It's probably bigger than anyone thought. Plus, the expectation preseason has made it look almost catastrophic at this point. So, yeah, I, I can see exactly where you're going with that disappointment there, Jake. Well, to be fair, I think people had uh, him as a nailed on, like going to the Super Bowl every year for the next 10 years. So, like, he, like, you know, he is going to have down years. Tom Brady had down years in, in New England. This is going to happen. I guess all it's just important about how he, first of all, finishes this season and then how he's going to react next year and obviously what the team are going to do around him to sort of, you know, get better Um, because there still is a lot of issues, especially on that defense, um, which we saw at the weekend because like 13-7 against a Jordan Love-led Packers, it's just, it's not good. Yeah, and the Giants held them to like uh, I think the lowest points that year, yeah. or lowest. Yeah, some crazy, some mad. Even stuff. Washington was leading at halftime. Yeah, yeah, and of course not... the Titans blew them out twenty-seven three. Yeah, that quarter, the quarterback that's played that much should not be uh, losing that many games, especially without not not games where each team is putting up thirty-five points. You're talking about a team where he hasn't put up ten points. And yeah. a quarterback that's paid a half a billion dollars should be able to put more than 10 points yeah. a game. One, one thing I did notice with them there, like he's had a lot of missed passes, but they have been running the ball a lot more these last mm-hmm. few games. And they haven't been running the ball effectively. You know, it's a lot of one, two yard games. Like they haven't really got a running back that's there to, you know, still out. Yeah, and yep. I think it was it's Darrell Williams who's the backup there. Mm-hmm. They have like you know journeyman Jerick McKinnon there is behind him too. So they're not it's not really ones that are going to take the pressure off Mahomes, and um, when he is having like this this rough period too, and you know it may not be football related, but you know there's always others uh, issues at play, and you know obviously the well publicized stuff that's going on and with with. You know, I think it's was it the 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 brother or something like that, and his TikTok dances and everything. <laughs> you know, that's got to affect you at some point when you're hearing about stuff like that every day. It, it's got to affect you at some point. But look, listen, that's not it's not like really for us to comment on what brothers and stuff are doing. But um, we'll move on, and I think we have time maybe for one quick one. What you think? I think squeeze one in. I'd say. Ah, yeah, I think so. I think we squeeze one more topic in. Hopefully, on for you, this is going to be the Forty ers that we talk about. Um, let's find out. Ba-ba-da-ba-da. Is it going to be? Well, we've just talked about Kansas. I don't think we should really talk about Kansas mm-hmm. again, should we? Give it one more fair. spin. But it kind of feels like you're gearing up because you want to talk about the 49ers. I actually don't mind talking, not talking about the 49ers. I'll happily talk about the, the Cowboys <laughs> losing. I'll happily do that. That's no problem. Or Justin Tucker tuckering out the, the Vikings after an epic game there last week. There we go. It is. There we go. <laughs> Definitely no manipulation involved in that one. No, no Murray, no problem. Of course, the Arizona Cardinals beating the San Francisco 49ers by 31 points to 17. It, Kyler Murray wasn't available due to an injury. 
Colt McCoy took over, had 22 of 26 for 249 yards and a touchdown, but that wasn't the most impressive performance of the day. It actually belonged to James Conner, who had 173 total scrimmage yards and three total touchdowns in a fantastic day for the former Steeler running back. Of course, they, they lost uh, Chase Edmonds after the first play, I believe. Yeah, so it, the onus fell on Connor to, to carry the team um, for the rest of the game. On the 49ers side of things, they got George Kittle back for this game. He had a good return, over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. Although he did have a costly fumble that led to, I think that believe that led the points early in the game too. You know, the 49ers are in a bit of trouble, guys. Zero and four at home this year. Um, and... You know, they are really struggling. Um, and, you know, they've had a few injuries this year. Not as many as they had last year where the team was completely decimated. But especially the backfield, the, the DB is like when you have people like Drake or Patrick and Josh Norman as your standing cornerbacks, there's going to be issues. Mm-hmm. I think Owen raises a good point when he said, is, is Kyle Shanahan going to make it to the end of the season? And in a certain amount of way, I have some sympathy for him because, as you mentioned, they've been decimated with, with injuries, not just to key men on the offense, uh, also quarterbacks as well. Garoppolo hasn't been completely healthy. They haven't had top-notch backups to fit in. So it is an interesting question as to whether he'll make it to the end of the season. And while he definitely has not had the best uh, record for the San Francisco 49ers after the last while, as Jake mentioned earlier in the show, it's not all on him. And so how much the ownership is going to put the blame on him himself. We saw how successful he can be when the system works. It's almost a Titans-esque manage the game through the quarterback and the running back position and take advantage of your lethal weapons on the outside uh, where I look at the moment, isn't it? And then with, um, of course, with George Kittle from tight end, we can see how effective that can be. Kansas City Chiefs also kind of leaned on that a little bit in their successful couple of seasons. So it's there. The system isn't a bad system. So I wonder what you guys think about, is it is it fair to put all of the problems on Kyle Shanahan? And even if it isn't fair, is it going to impact them anyway? It's a tough division as well. Remember, you can't afford to lose games. That's another problem. Yeah, that's a really top-heavy division that is as well. The Rams, the Seahawks, it's just it's tough. Even the Cardinals, hard to get wins there in the division. But um, if I'm putting money on it, I'm saying he, he lasts the season. I don't think he goes anywhere. He's had success before. So it's not like you're talking about a team that is like consistently bad. It's not like you're the Giants level of bad or something like that. So I could see him last now the season. I don't think he's getting rid of yet. As you said, there's been some key injuries that he had last season with a lot of the defensive players out for the season. I think George Kittle missed three or four games so far this season. Um, So when your top playmakers are out, it's kind of hard to have them have wins, consistent wins. Um, And then even you're starting a rookie quarterback once Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured for however many games he was out, two or three games. And then again, you're starting from basically from a new because which you have your rookie quarterback, you go for the usual rookie quarterback pains. So I I don't think it's all on him. I agree with you. I don't think it's all on him. Uh, I certainly think he he at least lasts the season. And if he doesn't get, maybe if he he loses out the rest of the season, maybe that's when they look at replacing him with someone else. But I think as long as he gets a couple wins here or there, he'll last the season. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting because we read and heard the reports around the draft time that there was a bit of infighting in 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 the organization between the GM John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan because John Lynch was uh, was really high on Trey Lance on drafting Trey Lance, but Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. Now, obviously, they'll deny it till they're blue in the face about it, but I think we're starting to possibly see maybe that that was true because I think that obviously Shanahan has his way of playing and it's the, the dynamic running game that got them to a Super Bowl and they had Jimmy Garoppolo there to, you know, when they needed with the play action and, and uh, in the passing game that he could do it, but he was inaccurate at times. As we've seen with Mac Jones, He's been quite an accurate passer short distance. He doesn't try, doesn't bomb the ball down, but I don't think that's what the 49ers would have wanted him for anyway. So I think maybe we could be seeing that because that, he hasn't really been high on Lance playing either. And, you know, he's only been playing him when he's been forced to and he's been happy to keep going with Jimmy Garoppolo, even though Garoppolo's had issues. Now, Garoppolo, don't get me wrong, played well at the weekend. He played well the previous week against the Bears too. So I don't think he's warranting being benched anyway. But I believe if Mac Jones was in place there, we might have been seeing him play uh, Mm -hmm. a bit more than Jimmy. And maybe there's a bit of tension in there. Like that, I don't see Kyle leaving. I don't like it's it's not terrible going on at the 49ers. They're having a bad year. You know, they had a bad year last year with a lot of the injuries. You know, the defense needs work. You do have a decent de- defensive line with the likes of Armstead and, and Bosa there. But, and of course, you have Fred Warner, who's one of the best linebackers in in the league as well. But after that, you know, there's not a lot there. Um, like I mentioned with Josh Gordon-Norman and, and Drake Kirkpatrick is two of the starting and cornerbacks. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely work that needs to be done this offseason to improve that side. There's some decent cornerbacks coming to free agency, so hopefully for the 49ers' sake, they can um, they can make improvements. Uh, I see Owens uh, coming here with another comment saying that defense was awful against the Cardinals. It was. Um, it was the game of missed tackles for the, for the 49ers' defense. They couldn't make a tackle to save their lives. But, yeah, I don't think he'll... I, unless the tension in the organization becomes unbearable and the, his position becomes untenable that he just can't work with GM John Lynch anymore I don't see Kyle Shanahan just leaving or being fired any other way uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah absolutely agree yeah all right perfect well I think that's uh, a great spot to end this edition of the show guys if there's any more anything else that you want to mention before we go very briefly yeah, just really quick, I think while we're on the Cardinals, we don't talk about them a whole lot on this show. They don't always pop up, but let's give them credit while we're on the topic. Eight and one with the only blemish being an Aaron Rodgers three-point loss to the Green Bay Packers. You don't mind. They're the kind of losses you don't mind. Three points against a good team. Those two teams play against each other ten times. They're going to scout and report each other, and, and that could swing either way, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. So, yeah. We gave them a lot of credit this show. Uh, maybe we should give them more credit long term over the course of the next season. But yeah, top notch work, and and I hope they keep going. I like to see teams like that pop up that aren't necessarily powerhouses, and we'll see how far they can go. Yeah, so it looks like they they are definitely in pole position at the moment for that number one seed, which would be so important for them. So 
we'll see what can happen. They got to have a week with Hopkins and, and Murray getting some rest for her, some um, lingering injuries too. But uh, Jake, anything to add before we go? Yeah, I agree with you. And if you're on the Cardinals, um, we don't really talk about them. They're not one of the consistently powerhouse teams in the league, but here we are. They're at eight and one. They lost their quarterback and still won a game. So here we are. They are eight and one. So let's see if they can make it to the end. Can they get the first division or can they get the end of the first seed? Maybe if they do, uh, they get the Super Bowl and then you never know how, how it goes in the Super Bowl. Crazy things happen. Yeah. So they certainly are poised for, uh, for getting to the end. So. And the league is more exciting when we have teams like this, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And they have a decent stretch there for the next few games that they could actually improve that record uh, too because they face the Panthers at home this weekend. And then I believe they're away to the Seahawks the following week too. Um, teams that are struggling in, in different ways. So there's a chance that they could be 10-1 and uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And I'm sure if they are at that stage, they will have a firm grasp on the number one seed and the AFC West or NFC West division um, too. But before we go, guys, uh, if you haven't already, please make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube channel under Center Podcast. That's where you find this show. That's where you find all of our other live shows, including our YouTube exclusive bets show because, okay, we didn't record it last week, but we gave out our bets. And if you followed Fionn's advice... We would have been in the money. So, Fionn, congratulations on that. Also, commiserations because you didn't back it. I didn't I didn't bet on my own bet. No, unfortunately not. It's easier that, to play with other people's money, huh? That's what it is. Better to play with the house money than your own. But uh, also, uh, make sure you're following us on our social channels. Twitter, at UndercenterPod. Instagram, at UndercenterPod as well. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash UndercenterPod. Stay tuned to our social channels over the next couple of days because we'll be asking you to vote on the two main Sky Sports games and who you think will be scoring a touchdown because whichever one you vote for, if they score on Sunday at uh, for the rest of the quarter they score in, it'll be two for one drinks in McGowan's. Of course, this show is brought to you by McGowan's of Vibs. Of course, every Sunday uh, during the NFL season, make sure you head into upstairs at McGowan's to avail of the tasty points and the even tastier food. That's where you'll see all the NFL action on their screens, including NFL Red Zone on their big projector. Book your table now. Either follow our social channels to get links to where to book your table or go to the uh, McGowan's of Fibsworth social channels too. But until then, until next time, thank you so much for watching. Stay safe and we will see you soon.